There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. Plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love, and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. Zoe, are you awake? I mean, I'm laughing, but I'm laughing through the pure exhaustion of having to get up and do early breakfast. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Does it take you back to newborn days? Well, this is what I said this morning. So I'm only on day one. And just hats off to James Stewart because he does it every single day. And look, I do love my job. So actually, I, th- I was quite buzzy when I came out the studio, but it was still pitch black at 6.30 oh when I handed gosh. over to the breakfast team. And um, I was back in my kitchen by half past seven, having a cup of tea, doing the kids' breakfasts, watching Dozer in his pants. Wow. That was dreamy, though. But you know what? It's just the two o'clock. I didn't sleep last night because I was so desperate not to miss my alarm. You know, it's kind of like you're going to get when you get up for a flight, you just keep checking your phone, don't you? Even though I set four alarm. Exactly. And you just keep, you kind of willing yourself to sleep, aren't you? Like, yeah. come on, go to sleep. You've yeah. only got three hours and 39 minutes. Oh, now you've only got three hours and 30 minutes. Oh, now it's three hours. Oh gosh, don't. The pressure would just get to me. Seriously. And how, um, well, we'll come into this conversation being very apt for today's podcast because we're doing one on sleep. But tell me how you are. You are out of quarantine. We are. We're free. Yes. No, it was so nice, actually. I um, I basically just spent the weekend doing things for Axel because I felt so bad that he's been stuck at home for two weeks. So we just, yeah, I didn't spend any time in the house, basically. I was just out doing lots of different things. Um, getting drenched. So it was getting absolutely drenched. But, you know, when you can't back out, like we couldn't back out because we promised and I just felt so guilty. But you know what? Like when you're prepared for it, it's all right, isn't it? It's, it's when it rains, you don't have all your stuff like for the rain, that is awful. But when it's raining and you're fully prepared, I'm, I'm like, oh, it's actually okay. Do you know what, G? You are absolutely right. And I always keep this thing in my head that when we went down to stay at that amazing place in Cornwall called Basinva, which is like this, do you remember that kind of um, yes, sort of like an eco farm for like for kids? Yes. Just the best time. And um, the guy that ran it said to me, um, "You know what? Kids don't know when it's a rainy day. They only know when they're not dressed for it." And it's, a- yeah. it's absolutely correct. So we just get them in those yeah. cool wets. We like those. You've got those polo and prep. Um, yeah, they're the best. 
they really they really are because you don't have to worry like they can fall over they can jump in puddles you don't have to like be like oh no oh no the socks are gonna be wet not at all like they can just go out and actually me and james were laughing we were like maybe we need to get ourselves some of these <laughs> i know exactly the same. that's exactly the same conversation that Joshua and i had because we went up to alice holt on sunday which is near yeah. us in Surrey, and there was a woman next to me on the swing she was in full gear like full kit wanker basically and was um she? she was sort of looking at me and i was looking at her and i was thinking she was thinking you absolute bellend you're in your skinny jeans you're really nice you need to get a paddle <laughs> yeah so I guess just before we get into the chat as well I just I feel like Georgia and I need to say that we are thinking of anybody going through baby loss um at the moment off the back of what happened to poor Chrissy Legend I mean we have not stopped talking about it have we G when we saw those photographs that she posted last week I just feel like we need to we need to have a discussion around it, and we will do. Obviously, baby loss awareness week is coming up this month later on, and um, and it's really important to keep having those conversations. I think she is so brave to post those photographs. The poor thing, Jesus Christ! I know. I, know. I mean, I was following her stories um, when she was in hospital, and um, you know, she was so upbeat, and they were joking in the hospital and everything. And then, literally, the next post was that they'd lost the baby, and it was just dev- like devastating. You know, like obviously we don't know them personally, but you get you get invested and you know what they, you don't know how they're feeling, but you can imagine how they're feeling. And it's just, I mean, I think you know, hats off to both of them for being so open about it because, like we always say, I think when we have these discussions about these things, it, it does help and it normalizes these situations and people don't feel alone in it. So you know, I'm hoping that anyone else going through it has you know it's been a good thing that she's brought this up so then people were able to talk about it I think it opens those conversations doesn't it yeah and we had so many messages over the last four or five days talking about Mm. baby loss and talking about and even you know having to go in and um, you know go for a scan and being told that your baby has died through health reasons and then having to give birth to yeah. your baby at that point. I mean, we are going to be having more discussion discussions around this subject um, for you all and for us as well to become more educated and to, uh, to to lift the lid on those chats. So just bear with us. We're putting together something for you guys. Yeah, um, exactly. Right. So let's get into today's chat. Um, we're talking about sleep. Yay! We love talking about sleep, don't we, Zoe? It's our favourite <laughs> subject. It's my, well, mine's sex, but yours is sleep, if we're honest. Mine's sleep, sleep and food. I mean, on a path. <laughs> The two things, pretty much the only things I enjoy in life. Um, (laughs) We've got some experts on the show today. They absolutely know their stuff. Uh, We've been following them for a very long time on their Instagram account. And um, I've uh, worked with them personally, trying to get Luna through her really unsettled stage earlier on this year. Georgia, um, you know, Georgia is kind of a bit of a master sleeper with her children. She just shuts the door and walks out to me. That's right, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I'm pretty harsh when it comes to sleep. But, you know, do you know what's really nice, though, about um, our guests is they have a really different approach to other sleep experts. And I think if you're listening to this and you've read, you know, the various well-known books and you just don't feel like they're really talking to you and you haven't found your flow with it, these girls are probably going to be for you um, because they are completely different to anything else that we've seen. Agreed. Today, we are chatting to Jem and Eve from Calm and Bright. 
So welcome to Tuesday's episode of the podcast. Now, as you know, if you follow us uh, or have been following us for a very long time at Made by Mamas, you'll know that we are obsessed, aren't we, Georgia, with sleep? Yeah, yeah. I, that's an under like that's a, <laughs> not even like, that is not an exaggeration. That is under like underestimating just how much we talk about sleep. Yeah, sleep, the holy grail, the thing that we are all desperate for as parents to get our own sleep, to make sure that our children sleep through the night. Um, and as you know, we work with some incredible experts here at Made by Mamas. But these two ladies, we followed them since they've had their amazing uh, career on Instagram. Um, they have got seven children between them. They started Calm and Bright about 12 years ago. They are Eve and Jem, sisters. Normally, you'd want to smack your sister over the head with a large kind of thing you could grab. But these guys thought it'd be good to start a business together. It's Eve and Jem from Calm and Bright. Hello. Hey, Zoe. Hey, G. How are you doing? <laughs> we're good. How are you? Yeah, we're great. Thanks. There, there is a lot of head bashing as well, I have to say. I was going to uh, say, there is an awful lot of head bashing, but this, it just works. We, it, it just really works. Does. When people talk to us, they say it's honestly like talking to the same person. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm, really gl- I'm really glad that we've actually got, we're recording um, from home, obviously from our laptops because of bloody COVID, but you've got your names up and we can see your WAV files because you do sound quite similar. So I'm quite glad we've got names. <laughs> yeah, we do, I'm afraid. That's that Devon lull. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, girls, welcome to the podcast. It's so great to have you on. You've had an absolutely monumental year, things just going from strength to strength. But if anybody hasn't heard of you, can you just tell us exactly who you are, what you do, and just a little bit about um, the sort of calm and bright way? Yeah, absolutely. So it all began completely accidentally. I was a stay at home mum. I happened to have four kids under six. Um, and I was absolutely exhausted because I was dead against any of the what I thought was evil control crying and sleep teaching. I thought I'll never do that. You know, I'll never use a dummy. They'll never have an iPad and I'll never do control crying. And I got to the point through not doing any kind of sleep teaching and feeding incessantly on demand. I got to the point 10 months down the line with my first baby um, when I was absolutely a shadow of my former self and I was completely and utterly genuinely on my knees and I didn't know what way to go which way to turn and I felt like the control crying thing seemed brutal from what I'd read all the horror stories that people had said even though there wasn't any evidence I'd seen lots of people being very vocal about how wrong it was but also what I was doing was really brutal and so I didn't know what to do. So I decided to come up with my own way, which was not doing what I did before, which for me, we talk about the ings. You know, whenever there's a sleep problem, there is always an ing involved, a feeding, rocking, staying, patting, co-sleeping. And I found a way to stop those, but lovingly, responsively to enable. And I began to see sleep as a skill rather than something that was a, a, a teaching or a training. It was more to enable and empower. And within literally six hours of doing this brilliant method she was on 12 hours a night sleep and she's now 12 by the way and she, she has had less than five broken nights since that day including Whoa, when she's yeah. been ill she's um, our best sleeper really, isn't she she is just amazing she's awesome and and all four of them are, are amazing sleepers now and don't get me wrong they have their nights but how how it came about was I then was so I just had this surge of like a, a surge of purpose and I felt instantly like I had to help other people and so I took my number to the health visitors and said, look, if anybody wants me to help them, it's all very well, a health visitor or a book or something telling you what to do, but I'm a real mum that was once dead against any kind of sleep teaching. Please, will you let me help? And from 
from that moment onwards, I helped about 100 families locally over five years. And I would drive home uh, in the morning at the crack of dawn to feed my own babies, having stayed up overnight to help these women and men to get the sleep they needed to live the lives they needed to live. And word spread, as you might imagine. Yeah, you got a name for yourself. <laughs> I remember Eve calling me and saying, Gem, I'm doing this. And I was like, this is absolutely amazing. And she did get a name in the village as like the sleep lady, didn't you? Yeah, I totally did. And then I think it was like five years down the line, someone said, oh, I'd have paid you loads of money to do that. And I thought, yeah. well, that's weird. And then gradually and tentatively, we began to charge. And then, yeah, Gem. Yeah. So Gem's a nurse at, at Nature and she'd obviously watched me as a sister. And then I phoned you up one day, didn't I? Yeah, I remember you ringing me and saying, Gem, I want you to do this with me. And I said, love, I love what you're doing. At that point, she helped me with two of my babies. I said, I, you know, I absolutely love what you're doing. It's incredible. But I'm a children's nurse and this is what I do. And the buzz that I get from this job, it, it, you can't match it. And she said, just give it a go. Please help this family. So I did. And I remember getting off the phone to this woman a week in and her little one had had broken night. She was on her knees with exhaustion and we got where we needed to be three nights in. And I remember her ringing me and saying, Jem, thank you so much. And I was just in floods of tears on the phone. I was a weeping mess. And I remember ringing you, Eve, didn't I? And I said, I... I get this now and we are literally saving lives but in a completely yeah. different way you know absolutely if you mentioned that you sort of you self-taught yourself how to sleep train so did you do you know did you read lots of information how did you come to your I guess your your sort of company ethos yeah so what I came up with that evening in floods of tears with a gin in hand was what we use today 12 years on and how I got to it is one word Georgia and it's my gut I knew that she did not need to feed she was 10 months old she did not need to be feeding every two hours in the night and I knew that I had to stop it I didn't know how I knew I wanted to respond I wasn't happy with the 20 minutes 30 minutes 40 minutes shut the door I just couldn't do that not to say it's wrong because there's no judgment here at Carmen Bright ever but for me I needed to be with her but I needed to stop doing so I found that happy medium and I was just led by my gut and instantly she was happier her appetite was better she was more immune I was more of a present mum because I think the whole reason I had avoided it and I honestly think I could speak for millions of mothers when I say this is that I did not want to, to damage our emotional bond I saw my responsibility to mum I didn't really care about the school stuff or the, the the achievement stuff I just wanted them to be really good happy people and well attached and and I thought that 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 was um, against each other I thought you couldn't have both but I now realize that actually in the studies show and there's so much evidence to show that in fact mothers are so much less likely to be depressed anxious um, volatile emotionally you know mood swings snappy we're so much less likely to be like that when we are rested and of course our children are exactly the same it's just a much happier existence so can you tell me Eve what you were doing before the method absolutely and, and then yeah. obviously we'll, we want to get into kind of exactly what calm and bright sort of stands for and the method that is being practiced by so many parents over the yeah, country thousands so, now yeah what, what um, were you doing before that was so well just wasn't working Yes. Yeah, so let's just be clear as well, just quickly, it's not wrong. So you will always hear us say there is no such thing as right or wrong when it comes to baby sleep. It doesn't exist. What there is, is there are behaviours that are conducive to solid sleep and there are those that aren't. So if you want to feed your 10-month-old, your 18-month-old, your three-year-old baby three, four bottles a night or breastfeeds a night, that's not wrong. But 
don't expect to have 11, 12 solid hours, which is what any child above six months who's healthy is capable of. Um, so just to be clear, there's no right or wrong. So what I was doing before is I had read through my, like like you asked, G, I had read loads of stuff. I mean, I was the obsessive sort of classic, you know, uh, Facebook groups, every social media group, the books, the forums, yeah. the mother-in-laws, Jane in the coffee shop, who was very judgmental, <laughs> all of those people, you know, and what I was doing <laughs> was... Jane. <laughs> <laughs> judgy Jane well-meaning um, Jane but judgy well Jane we all know who that is don't we? yeah Jane that's probably not that happy with what she's doing so has to tell everyone else off about what they're doing but anyway by the by and so what I was doing is really simple is I believed fundamentally that my job was to see to every single need night and day and I believed that feeding was a need and I believed that she needed the feed not that she wanted it I now know that there are differences between a need and a learned behavior and so what I was doing I was feeding so every time she was hot cold worried sad um not wanting her food had a cold had a temperature was frightened needed a change of scene um in went the boob bit a bitty every single five seconds is what I was doing and I was afraid I was so afraid to not do that because I simply didn't know any other way and so I remember once like mustering up all my courage before I started this and going I'm, I'm gonna do this they've said not to feed to sleep this is this can't be that hard I'm gonna not feed to sleep and I'd not feed to sleep and of course 30 minutes in she's crying I'm crying and I feed her back to sleep and then I've just wish I hadn't even bothered wasting those half an hour of tears and and when you don't know what to do you really are stuck and and that's that's where I was anyway and you think it's the easy route don't you because it actually is short term you know feeding to sleep or getting them what they need but obviously long term if you can enable self-settling it's you know it's it's happier you know that's so true, Jen. People often do something that they feel is easier. So in that moment, it's quicker to go to them and do your ing. But actually, if you do that, you are being you're absolutely being sure to perpetuate the cycle. Whereas if you take the the short term difficulty, and we're literally talking, guys, seriously, apart from if you get interrupted with teeth or or something, which let's face it, we we can. If honestly, the vast majority, I'm talking in the eighty percent here of people, are looking at three to five days to change really yeah. deeply entrenched That's habits such a short time really in the grand scheme of things if you spe- if yeah. you think about how long you spend tearing your hair out feeling like you're so low and you're so exhausted because you haven't slept for weeks and weeks and weeks on end so tell me the um the the sort of most common reasons why children wake up during the night what do you hear it's often feeding. So it will be, you know, they are hungry. They're waking because they're hungry. And one thing I always say to my mums is in the early days, yes, they are, you know, and some people get in touch with us, to be honest, girls, when their babies are kind of two months and we're like, whoa, you know, go, go with it, you know, do everything on demand. We're huge advocates of the fourth trimester and doing everything on demand for the first 12 weeks so that you've got a really secure, well-attached baby who you can start gently teaching how to self-settle actually from quite early on. Um, but like Eve said, you don't have to do it then. You, the timing is, you know, everything. It's got to be the right time for you. But it, it really depends really, doesn't it, Eve? 
Yeah, I mean, we're supposed to wake. This is the important thing. Mm. You know, we are biologically programmed because since the beginning of time to wake to see that snake on the rock, the bear in the cave, we are supposed to come into light sleep. So one of the arguments against sleep teaching is babies are supposed to wake in the night. Yes, they are. However, they don't need to stay awake. And babies that have the skills to self-settle, not just babies, we work up to age six. Um, it's what happens when they wake that determines directly whether they will wake again. So if, for example, Zoe, I go to sleep and when I wake up, I get a massage and a carbonara, which, by the way, would be lush if my husband's listening to this. <laughs> um, I will very soon come to do that. That doesn't mean I need the carbonara and my size 12 jeans that no longer fit will testify that I do not need the carbonara, but I will wake for it but only because I've been given it several times. So big distinguishing here between the need and a want. And so the reasons why children wake is one, it's, it's actually really simple. One, um, they are supposed to wake, but the, the reasons they wake and don't go back to sleep or wake more than they need to, which as I said earlier, beyond five, six months, they really can do 11, 12 hours solidly without a feed. That doesn't mean you have to, but they're capable of it. Whether you choose to enable them to their highest level of sleep or not is up to you. But the reasons is that old ing that I mentioned. So they're getting something there is a payoff that they're getting when yeah. they wake so you might not be conscious of it but you're doing something that makes it worth their while to wake to wake up yeah and that perpetuates the wakes so you mentioned that you know mums or dads will contact you around eight weeks and that's pretty early but is there anything that you can do from the start or from the early days that sort of you know anything you can implement to start those good sleep habits Absolutely. I mean, the in our super start guide, our not to five month plan, we always say, you know, you know, from the start, you can start gently kind of enabling self settling quite early on. But by meeting every need, you're almost doing that. So for example, lots of parents get in touch with newborns and they say they'll only sleep when they're on me or contact nap. And we're like, that's okay. You know, the most important thing is that they're learning to have that restorative sleep and linking in their sleep cycles. Um, but if it feels right for you, and it goes back to the gut, we, we always talk about the gut instinct. If it feels right for you to have your baby close, then you should do that. If it feels right for you to feed on demand, then you should do that. But babies often tell you what they need if you just listen in to their cues, which is really hard when you're tired. And certainly if you're a first time mum, but they really will tell you. And also I think, you know, feeding objectively is really good from the early days. But, you know, if they've had a feed within an hour, it's unlikely that they're waking for a feed it might be that they need some other comfort kind of that feeding last you know unless of course they you know they need it so they, so let's take an example you feed you feed your baby however you're doing it by breast or bottle you put baby down for a sleep and the baby wakes up within the hour what should we do then Okay, so I think it really depends on how they wake and also the age of the baby. But let's say we're talking about a six month old baby for now, because it sort of gets rid of all the early bits and the queries about everything else. So one, we'd want to make sure that they didn't have a physical interruption. So have they heard a noise? If so, get white noise on. Do they have some wind? If so, give them a wind. If wind's going to come up, it'll come up straight away. Um, so once we've ruled out the physical, they're not teething, they don't have a pooey nappy. Um, if they woke up happy and smiling, I think it's a really fair assumption that they have had enough sleep and in which case we would get them up if once we get them up they're hanging within 20 minutes to an hour when we know that the nap gap for a six-month-old baby is about two hours in other words within two hours of waking at any time of day pretty much they're going to need to be asleep again so not going upstairs but they are 
going to be asleep again, having gone upstairs, having had their nappy changed. Um, if they have that one hour sleep and they're happy as Larry for one and a bit hours, and then they start to get a bit crabby and they're ready for a sleep after an hour and 45 too, then that nap works. Don't change it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry what Jane's baby's doing in the coffee shop. Just do you. <laughs> um, but, you know, our babies tell us it's honestly not as mythical as what we all think, this whole sleep thing. On- honestly, I-, I promise you, uh, your baby shows you if the rest they're getting is serving them in how they are. If they can't let go of your leg. Th- I mean, every child has moments, of course, we're humans. They're just mini humans. They're going to have bad days. But if on the whole, they're finding it hard to integrate, they're fussy with their food, they're, they're whining, they don't want to be picked up they don't want to be put down they don't know what to do then you know they're they're knackered and also you can see a tired child and I don't know if you're about you but me and Jem will be at a soft play or somewhere and you just try really hard not to look and not to not to do anything not to react because you just you just want to say to that mum if you just got them the sleep they needed they'd be a totally different baby or child Absolutely. So you mentioned, obviously, if they wake up after an hour at six Mm. months, then they've probably had enough sleep. But say that's seven o'clock in the evening. Yes. Really, they should be going down for, you know, the 12 hours or whatever we want them to sleep for. What do you do then? What do you do if you've got to six months and your, you know, your baby is still waking up, you know, multiple times in the night? It's a really good question, Gia, and a question we get asked all the time. So, you know, it goes back to that kind of thinking objectively. If you fed your baby, they've had their bedtime routine and they go to sleep and they're waking up. This is really kind of typical of a baby that is sleeping in quite light sleep cycles. Um, And babies who can self-settle do link in their sleep cycles um, in a different way. They sleep more restoratively. So usually if your baby's waking after an hour and they're not in any discomfort or teething, in which case, of course, you would respond, then it's it's usually a habitual wake, which is they're waking from habit. It might be that you used to feed them at that time, or it might be that, you know, like you've said, you know, when they stir, it's not kind of it, it doesn't matter that babies are stirring. We all stir at night, but it's how they get back to sleep that matters. And that does tie in with the self-settling part. Yeah, that's so true. I think I'd say as well that however they fall to sleep dictates mm. when they next wake. That's so if really we've done yeah. sleep for our child, we've held their hand, we've rocked them to sleep, we've put them to sleep. We mustn't be surprised when they come into the light sleep that they're meant to every 45 or so minutes, depending on their age. And they then expect that nipple, that bottle, that dummy, that rock to get them back to sleep because because we have taught them totally subconsciously and inadvertently. We've said to them, every time you do an ing, you're saying, this is how you get to sleep. This is how you get sleep. And if you do the maths on how many times you'll have rocked, fed, patted, whatever, a six-month-old baby in a year, it's in the thousands. So we're going to be back with our lovely guest just after this. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Moments That Made Me with me, Roxy Nafusi, is back. And Series 2 has got some incredible guests lined up. Here is a little taster. People see mental illness as a weakness, but I think people with mental illness are stronger. I'm a proud gay man now. I feel proud every single day. So then I had to go about the task of trying to accept it because I wasn't going to get plastic surgery and I wasn't going to change it. You know, those moments in your life, it was like a thunderbolt. Was it really? A big time. The conversations I've been having have blown my mind and I cannot wait for you guys to hear what's to come. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss one of our amazing episodes. They will be out every Wednesday morning. That's The Moments That Made Me with me, Roxy Nafusi. Find it wherever you found this podcast. Now let's pick up where we left off with our wonderful guest. It's really difficult, isn't it? And I think Georgia and I can speak firsthand, obviously going through it with with our own, that when you have your first baby, you've got absolutely no idea what you're doing. You've got no idea what 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 the right way of, I mean I know we say there's no wrongs but kind of you know we we all have this dream in our heads that our child is going to just sleep through the night and our friends are saying that their babies are doing it and yet and yet when our baby makes a noise in the night we rush to them because it's a, it's a motherly instinct so it's very it sort of goes against everything in our bodies not to just bash the door down and be like I'm here um, but then you spend the whole night lying on the floor holding their fucking hands and you're like yeah. I go back to my own bed and you're like come on oh my god it's very hard to get the balance right and actually interestingly it still happens in our house here kit you know we're we're, we're lucky well we'll talk about luna in a bit but kit is generally touch wood the boy that sleeps through the night if he ever wakes up in the night the minute i pick him up out of his cot and and start cuddling him and rocking him and stuff i'll be in there for two hours I've, i've completely shot myself in the foot if i go in there pat his pat his back and then get onto either um, the spare bed in the room or just lie on the floor and then just just say night night now and then I leave the room um he just goes back to sleep so it does work it's just very very hard it is do you know what it's more than very hard it's it's literally can feel completely impossible we totally get it because we've been there but so often our babies and children through their actions are saying to us I don't want you to do it for me so when you get that that little baby you know arching their back or kicking or you know like sometimes they're almost kind of like oh really frustrated I believe a lot of the time that's them saying will you just stop fussing I, I just let yeah. me bloody sleep you know yeah. um, I think they want to be enabled in sleep I don't think they want to be awake any more than we don't want them to be awake either you're so right the other night I picked Kit up brought him into our bed which I never do and my husband looked at me in the sort of like the the, the light through the bathroom he was like and he said to me want to go back in my cot and I was like yeah oh, all right sorry I'll just Happy take you back there he doesn't want to be in our bed at all yeah I had that with Axel for so long I used to say to Zoe like when my husband went away I'd be like right I'm gonna let Axel sleep in my bed tonight it's gonna be really cool we can have a sleepover and I'd be like Axel do you want to sleep in mommy's bed tonight he'd be like no no thank you (laughs) like literally look at me like why on earth would I want to do that that sounds horrendous that's hilarious so funny Um, oh my kit was the same because I've got a kit Zoe knows that my, yeah. I've got a little bit. And when we went to Bali last Christmas, I was like, let's, we had this huge bed. It was like two 
queen beds put together. I was like, let's, the five of us will sleep together and none of them wanted to. And no. James was like, you've built a rod for your own back with all this solid sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I need a cuddle. I'm needing. <laughs> um, so we've obviously touched on baby sleep, but quite often you can have a child that sleeps really well as a baby. And then as they approach, you know, two, three, even four, things start to change. Do you get yeah. people coming to you, you know, later on? Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, I'd say 50% of the people are more than two years old, the children that come to us, um, the parents yeah. of. Um, it's really common. You know, there's such a lot of shame surrounding sleep uh, from babies onwards. And I think that shame increases, sadly, with age. So the more you go beyond the magic six months when they should, in inverted commas, which we just don't attest to, should be sleeping through the night, um, the further beyond that you get, so your three-year-olds, your four-year-olds, you know, there's a deep sense of failure and shame and I just want to say at this point if it feels really important that I say that your worth as a mother or father cannot and must not be linked in with the quality of your baby's sleep you know we are all good at different things and if your baby doesn't perhaps sleep as well as Jane's baby then do you know what maybe they're reciting Othello backwards by the age of six and maybe they're going to create a brilliant computer yeah. program and maybe they're going to play the violin it it's not a race and I, I really want people to unlink the power that sleep has over your feelings of worth that's that's just really important thing for me to say it is not a reflection on you as a parent and you know what we've all been there I was there last night with my six-year-old people often think our children sleep perfectly yes they do sleep well but I I have my fair share of problems and it's only because I go through things that I'm able to help other people in the first place anyway and you know I will I will absolutely get them in my bed and have a co-sleep so and, and mine do like it and mine would love it and I think given the choice they do it every night because I'm a massive softie but you just have to find that that balance um, but but in terms of what happens when they get older it, it's almost always to do with bedtime battles that's one of our biggest yes, older children things yeah yeah we can get right into that because that can be helped so easily and so quickly you think that you're doing the in inverted commas perfect bedtime routine where you put them in the bath you know you all have a cuddle pajamas on if they have a bottle they still have their bottle you put them into bed you say everything right they go off to they might even go off to sleep straight away I mean there's obviously a lot of children which, you know, can't settle when you actually put them into bed. Our situation was she would go off absolutely fine, but she would be waking, you know, three or four, five times in the night and then the early rising. So it's like you think you're doing everything by the book. Yes, I've got this. I've nailed it. And it was just night after night after night after night. And like you said, it's interesting, Eve, about saying about your worth because you feel like absolute dog shit about yourself it starts to get into your relationship you know you're you're coming to heads on it like we need to be firmer on her we need to be softer on her it's like everything right. crumbles down when your child is not sleeping everything it's yeah. I call it a toxin Gemini say that it's a thief exhaustion because <laughs> it, it, it robs us of all the good stuff energy hope motivation joy peace calm rationale um you know, we either I could go on for hours about the studies and what it tells us, but actually I don't need to because it, it's a it's a toxin, and there is a reason, guys, why sleep deprivation is even today used as a form of torture. Yes, I <laughs> because it it's torturous. It's torturous, and um, and it's hard. And you know what? You're right. We we all go through those. Right, I've done that. I've done that. I've perfect sleep environment. But Gemini will be the first to say, do you know what? There's no such thing. Some babies need pitch black. Some babies don't. Some yeah. Babies, it, so there's there's no tick list you know what I think what 
if I was to get to the absolute bottom of a great amount of problems, I would just say it's one word and it often lies with the mother and that word begins with a G and it's guilt. I thought you were going to say yeah. bin. <laughs> <laughs> that but that's actually a help for me. But, you know, one man's poison is another man's whatever. But, Gem, do you want to talk about, like, you know, how guilt really impairs our, our sort of firmness and stuff? Absolutely. There is so much pressure on the modern mother. I mean, we are meant to be, you know, have all of these hats, going to work, being at home, in the house, what do you do? And and the constant worry, all of the browsers I always say to people that are open, you know, if your baby's just started nursery or school, you're worrying about them. We don't, as women, we just carry so much. And so it's easy to see where the guilt comes from. And I think sometimes as mothers, we try and overcompensate in the time that we have with our children, which if you've got a child, of school age it's very limited apart from you know holidays so we we kind of overcompensate um but what Eva and I talk a lot about is loving boundaries and actually you know children get comfort in having the boundaries and in kind of knowing where they're at so that is so much about what our plans for toddlers you know from 18 months to six years are about you know it's, it's having those loving boundaries in place yeah and they want them don't they they really they really yearn for them Mm, it's so interesting it's literally like you've climbed into my mind because obviously just to put a (laughs) bit of context to this to people that are listening I came to Eve and Jem when I was at my wits end with Luna and this um, as Georgia said this happened a little bit later where she was actually a really good sleeper when she was a baby and suddenly you know we got to three and she just could not cope with the night and she was so anxious waking up screaming for me hysterical I mean we had the worst night of parenting we have ever had only a month ago where she it was like a devil possessed in the house like a banshee she woke Kit up she woke Isla up we had to move Isla into a separate room she was bright red I thought she was going to pass out because she was crying so aggressively um we were screaming at her I found Dozza sitting at the end of the bed I mean it's quite a lot to share but he was like I just don't know if I can take this anymore and I was thinking oh my god what like the marriage or the parenting or you know you're at your wits end at that point and actually it was only after speaking to you guys and going through things like we got the worry dolls you know Luna can't have any um darkness she's terrified of dark so we were talking about her fears um you know and but actually it was about me and it was about my me putting emotional boundaries there for her so that she knew that I still loved her but I couldn't be with her 24 hours a day seven days a week and I couldn't be with her at night right that is that is so powerful and I got really big goosebumps when you said that because the message is I love you and I will always come back but I I must meet your needs not your wants and in order to meet those needs I have to be able to be a rested sane person and you know exhaustion and depression are so similar when you look at the symptoms I could bang on about this for ages but GPs if they just asked and I know a lot of them do but if they if they ask without fail when somebody comes in for a PND diagnosis can I ask how sleep is I I would be really surprised if the vast majority of women uh, were were getting solid sleep and to touch into what you said about that one the guilt the the maternal guilt about you know I for me personally mum of four we're, we're doing this business which takes up so much of our energy and time which we love and actually I have to be really brutally honest here and say very often I prefer doing this than my other my other hat because I get uh, you know yeah. I get people saying I've changed their lives and I get people saying that they've got their their husband back or their wife back and their child back and so actually it's very gratifying and I've got to be honest and say that a lot of the time I feel like I'm not doing enough work 
uh, and I'm not doing enough mothering and and the guilt yeah. makes you overcompensate so I think it's really important to talk about this because so often I don't know how what percentage I'd say but I'd say eight or so times out of ten the mother holds the key to this because she feels guilty so she's overcompensating or the other the other one is our own needs are not being met and so actually we kind of like we get some value from being that needed on that level yes yeah Uh, yeah do you know that that is so true um I've noticed that since Axel's gone to school and he's not been at home with us so much anymore obviously not right now we're in you know we're in isolation Mm -hmm. but (laughs) I I have been so much more inclined to lay with him and read him a story in bed and do all those sorts of things and actually um my husband and I were discussing this the other day so Axel's always been a really good sleeper and then usually when he's approaching a change so I don't know when when we first went into lockdown when he started preschool when he started school things he seems more sort of unsettled so he slept through the night but he might have had a nightmare um, and we might have heard him crying in his sleep um and we were discussing whether or not we should ask him about that in the morning so I would be inclined to ask him like oh Axel I heard you you know crying you know in the night last night and usually he's talking about something completely random like I don't know Paw Patrol and Ryder and all this stuff (laughs) (laughs) but it for me that makes me think he's anxious about something or he's worried about something and I would want to talk about it but my husband's like but why talk about it if he doesn't if he doesn't remember it yeah and lots of people say that G because I yeah my background obviously is in children's nursing and we I used to run a sleep clinic before I even started doing Carmen Bright and um there's you know even children that have night terrors or night night episodes that they don't remember there yeah. is often still a lots of external processing going on um yeah and obviously there is you know physiologically night terrors and nightmares happen in very deep levels of sleep but kind of to look at the whole picture talking through things because they're they're like little sponges aren't they at Axel's age and they just soak so much in and you know starting school and so many big changes so our plans will always kind of you know talk about you know lots of kind of meeting emotional needs in waking hours and talking and if your gut is to kind of talk to him then that's absolutely what you should do. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. And I think you don't necessarily have to say I heard you crying, but you could say um, you could say I heard you talking in the night. And then, you know, because otherwise you're almost leading them into it being potentially negative. Whereas, you know, and you I think Gemma does a lot of um, what we have in our plans is a lot of art. So like role play as well, like the mum's in the bed and, and, and they say good night. And then maybe they say, oh, I don't want to sleep on my own tonight. I want the light on. And then the, the, the child can come out with some remarkable stuff that and through yeah, doing so, they're reassuring themselves. So art is brilliant. Worry dolls are brilliant. Talking is brilliant, in my opinion. I don't think it's yeah. ever wrong to get stuff out. I say yeah. better out than in, you know. Yeah, <laughs> we completely agree. I've started doing um, a, a story about, Freddie the brave crab and um she's yeah. completely ridiculous but actually she <laughs> loves it so much and basically he lives in the ocean and it's at night that he goes off exploring but he's not frightened because he takes his nightlight his worry dolls his old fee and he packs everything wow. under his shell and then he goes off on all these adventures but every night she's like tell me about Freddie what's he doing tonight and um she's just seeing that actually he goes off and has a really nice night and he finds somewhere yeah. to sleep but he's not frightened and I hadn't even thought about it I, I was I, I was getting so 
cross before. Like, you know, yeah. why are you doing this to me? And you need to let me sleep. And I can't take any more of that. Right, right. said to her, I want to, I want to, yeah. I'm so angry and upset that I could get that angry with her. But obviously yeah. I think a lot of parents, when you're pushed that far, you, you, you're almost not saying yourself. You're almost not saying right. you, you, you're so, you're so angry and you're, you're lashing out. And so I think she won't remember it anyway, hopefully, but no. yeah, it definitely traumatized me, but now it's much calmer. The language mm. around it is much calmer. And actually, interestingly, that- she started to wait for her grow clock. Whereas before she would just get up, shout yep. at five o'clock in the morning. She's now waiting until 20 to seven and coming in going, mommy, my grow clock's turned yellow. I'm coming in now. It's morning. Yep. And it's like, oh my God. Oh, that's so wow. amazing. So that yeah. is so lovely. So yeah. Yeah. I bet. I think you're right. I think it pushes us to the absolute limits. And it's interesting what you said then, because when I had my shocker of a night um, this last week, I was saying really similar things. And it's very much, it's quite egotistical view. I was going, I can't take this. Why are you doing this to me? As in me, me, me. Like, I can't live my life like this. I've got to do my work. And I was thinking, because I think, like, I think sleep deprivation is very linked in with rage. And I'm going to share something that I've never, ever shared before, which I'll I'll probably like regret it and Gemma will probably tell me off it afterwards and, and I'm sure I'll have lots of enemies afterwards but you know what I don't care because I think it will help more than it'll offend more and and that is that when I was in my absolute depths of despair and I can tell you with no shame that I am one of the single most loving people on the planet yeah, like that's yeah, why I yeah. do what I do but there was a time when I had four under six and I was beyond exhausted and there was a time when I was brushing my beautiful six-year-old daughter's hair try not to cry when I say this story and and it, I wasn't trying to hurt her, but I knew that it was, and I didn't stop. And that's yeah. one of my lowest points. Make the brush of her hair, yeah. Oh gosh, don't, don't feel bad about that. I, no. I, I, it, it goes through your head as parents, you know. <sighs> a bit of therapy. Know, oh, it is, like, yeah, absolutely. Or, like, lashing out or just screaming yeah. and shouting, so right. grabbing hold of them. Like, we all do it when we're exhausted. Okay. Yeah, and I don't think like you said before you can't be rational when you're sleep deprived like you cannot think straight when you're sleep deprived you're not yourself when you're sleep deprived either like everything shuts down yeah absolutely our reactions are so different when we're well rested aren't they yeah yeah it's it's not you I I did this post once called mother to monster and uh, it got such a massive response because I think it it relieved so much guilt which I do always call motherhood's worst enemy if we could just put that aside especially when it comes to sleep but but all all factors I just think life would be so much more enjoyable and and I think it would stop us looking back and worrying and looking forward and worrying and just allowing us what we all want and need which is to feel present and connected to the ones that we love yeah absolutely um so we've touched on early rising quite a bit on um on our instagram and obviously on this podcast as well what is the most common causes of early rising yeah, I love early wakes. I'm like an early wakes pro this week. <laughs> and Louis woke really early this morning, so I know exactly what I'm going to do with him tonight. Um, so the number one cause for early wakes, there's lots of different things that it could be, but usually it's overtiredness. Um, and sometimes that's out of your control. So if your child's of school age, it's highly unlikely that they're napping in the daytime. But overtiredness is the number one cause for early wakes. If But if your child is preschool age and they're still having naps and they have quite good day sleep and they're self 
self-settling, then it might be what we call a habitual wake. And what happens at around 3 to 4 a.m. in the morning is the melatonin in our bodies drop, the sleepy hormone drops, mm. um, and that's to kickstart our digestive system. And that happens, you know, for grown-ups and for children. So that causes a lighter phase of sleep, which is why it's really typical for babies if they wake once at that time, then they tend to kind of do it. But it goes back to we all stir in the early hours a bit more than we do in the first part of the night. And it's how babies are getting back to sleep. So we always say to people with with early wakes, you know, are they well rested in the daytime? Are they self-settling? So that's really important. Are they getting themselves to sleep? If they are, then when they wake at five, are you sure they're ready to wake up? Or should we just kind of see what they do? We don't recommend starting days until, um, you know, 6am at the earliest. Anything before that is just the middle of the night, isn't it? Quite frankly. I mean, who wants to wake up before 6am? But yeah, so it's overtiredness and also day sleep um, for babies of preschool age. That's important as well. What else is? I can't think of anything else. Yeah, naps. It's just massive. You know, so many people have got this. this, There's a lot of really not bad but it, it basically factually incorrect information out there about sleep like you know everyone's heard this don't let them sleep past three it's just complete yeah. and gosh like I can't stress enough you know yes there might be some children at some point that that happens to be the time because we all have nap gaps as we call it and and if you've got on a four hour nap gap and your bedtime seven then um and that would be about an 18 month old by the way then yeah sure maybe they can't but that number in itself is just cod swallop and and that th- th- for example like a six month old baby Babies on a two-hour nap gap, so they're going to have to sleep up till about five before they're going to be able to go down at seven. And the reason why we don't have one routine in our plans, which people are often really confused about initially until they realise what on earth we're all about, which is a, ba- a baby-led way to, to solid sleep, like a love-led path, is that we don't have one routine, one time. Because if we tell you that at six months old your baby should go down for a nap, and I hate the shoulds, but should go down for a nap at I don't know nine a.m. What happens if your baby wakes up at six or at, or at eight? Yeah. How come that's the same? It doesn't make any sense, and that's why everything we do is responsive, and we provide nap gaps and let you figure it out. I mean, with four under six, I had to do nursery runs, school runs, um, toilet runs, you name it, and so I I had to have a flexible. I could not have a 7am do this and do this and wake I never understood that whole theory of wake them from their naps like we never wake babies ever unless there's like two instances that we do it so in answer to your question the, the, the most common reason for early wakes is is overtiredness and people trying to restrict sleep and or manipulate it like loads of people say to us this is the second most common myth I'm, I, I know I need to have a long afternoon nap but they want to take two, two hours in the two, two and a half hours in the morning. What am I going to do? Yeah, we get this Let all the time, them don't take we? The sleep when they want to take the yeah. sleep. Uh, do you know what? That is what Gigi does, and I've been trying to do that. I've been trying to switch it to the afternoon, but she yeah. always sleeps so much better in the morning. Yeah. Then that's what's working for her. So keep yeah. doing that. Yeah. Yeah, if the minute you start giving times and stipulations, right, let's say that, you know, you get our plans and it won't be our plan. Let's say you get a sleep plan. It says your baby should sleep at this time for this long. The very minute that doesn't happen, which let's face it, it's almost certainly going to be on day one. You feel like a failure. You feel like your baby doesn't fit in the box. They're not as good or as like, I don't know, able as other kids. And so you you would give up and you abandon your hope for what was a really honourable 
quest, which was solid sleep, which we all need. We don't just, it's not like something that, you know, is a luxury. It's something that if we don't have, everything, like you said, is going to fall flat on its face. So there are no times. So yeah, so overtiredness is massive. And also, you know, in the summer, it's going to be your birds, you know, at 5am because they're very jolly at that time of day, even if we're not. (laughs) And so white noise is a massive one. Blackout blinds can be massive for kids. Um, And I mean, some kids need not even a chink of light to hit their pretty peepers. Otherwise, yeah, they're, they're that's quite yeah. So yeah, they're the biggest thing. different, isn't it? Like you said, it's yeah. really great that you guys don't just go. Well, this is our formula, and there's only one way, and all the children need to fit into that box. Because as we know, children just do what they want. No. They're so different. Um, yeah, but they so definitely that, don't always get the memo, do they? No, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> um, how can people get hold of you what have you got coming up next and um if people want to uh, obviously get in touch with you on your instagram but you've also got an amazing plan that people can buy as well so tell us about that go ahead gk suck it to them so so you can contact you can contact us via instagram with calm and bright sleep support we've also got a brand spanking new website www.calmandbright.co.uk that is such a tongue tangler isn't it that one <laughs> <laughs> Eve and I, we run our own inbox. We have got um, lovely Abby who helps us in there, but you will always get a voice note response from Eve or myself. If you are on your knees and you're reaching out for the first time, we will always send you some love through Instagram completely free. All of our assessment process is free. Um, Both myself and Lucy are pediatric nurses. We do all of the assessments. So if you need a bit more handholding, if you need a bit more support, then we know just what to do. If your child's got a health need, we can help you. Um, Just reach out at any point. Just we're always here and you'll you'll never ever find any judgment here no we do so much um, free advice on our page if you ask us a question we'll dm you with some free advice our plans are available for everyone they they satisfy every single sleep association from birth through to age six and you know it yeah it's because lots of people say oh well how do I know it's going to work for mine well we know because it's tried and tested with thousands of people now and it, it always works when you see it through um and you know scientifically it's just an overwhelmingly strong argument that not only is sleep teaching an option but it's absolutely imperative for physic for thriving and not just surviving and we know from from the 15,000 plus um, studies that there's immunity, memory, hormones, cancer, dementia, heart attack, stroke is all linked in with sleep and anxiety, depression, being more present, more motivated, more energized. It's, it's just it's just so life changing. That's why we hear it all the time, you know. So I want people to know that they mustn't feel guilty for wanting in on that solid sleep. So just as you shouldn't feel guilty for not doing sleep teaching and feeding every five minutes, you should absolutely not feel guilty if solid sleep is something that your family needs to live yeah. the life that, that you, you hope for for them. Oh, you guys are absolute heroes. Oh, Bloody no, lovely. No. And how, how can we have, basically, question for myself, how can we have the common bright <laughs> in our bedrooms all the time? Not in a saucy way. <laughs> I love it. It's not saucy when it's from you, though. I know, it's, it's, that, really voice, well. it's that beautiful voice. It is. All my best friends say to me that, they give it an eight minute time frame but before I manage to get the topic onto something dirty so you've I've actually done really really well but um so actually talking of that can't say too much but very very soon when it's a bit warmer we will hopefully be in lots of bedrooms literally so we will we will I smell a book coming in 2021 we might be on your bedside table we might be on your bedside table love that thank you guys 
guys. Thank you so much for having us. We really appreciate it. You guys are doing a great job, so keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. We love you. Come back soon. Love you too. Bye, guys. Oh, aren't they incredible? Oh my god, they're amazing. And I and I really want to say like special thanks um, to Eve for being so honest about that moment where. You know, with her daughter and how she was brushing her hair. And I think it, it meant a lot for her to share that with us. So thank you for your honesty, Eve, because, um, you, you know, what we all go through those moments where all these crazy thoughts come into our head. And when you haven't slept, you're, you, you know, you, you're a madman. You go through some really dark, dark moments. Um, yeah, you don't. Yeah, you can't be yourself when you're running on zero sleep. And I think a lot of us need to bear that in mind, especially if we're beating ourselves up about what we've said to someone or how we've behaved. When we're running on little sleep, we are not ourselves. Like we're not. It, you know, it, you hear this all the time. It's a form of torture. It is a form of torture. It. You know, we as humans need sleep <laughs> to survive. It's not like a joke. It's um, it's a big thing. And if you are struggling with sleep, then hopefully this episode has helped in some way yeah i really hope it has and actually always 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 get in touch with us with us as well because um you know we will always try and help you believe me we've been <laughs> we've been through it <laughs> indeed. Um, let's do um let's do products yeah, I think, I mean, we've done a couple of episodes on sleep, so do go back and have a listen to those and get our product recommend- recommendations on there. But we've got some new ones, haven't we, Zoe? Yeah, let's do it. Um, we're going to do a combination of sleep products for you and sleep products for your kids. So yeah, I'm going to kick us off. The first product that I'm talking about is a pillow spray, a sleep spray. Uh, this one is from a brand called Drowsy. I absolutely love them. Uh, this is a sleep SOS spray that you basically um, put on your pillows before bed. It's called the Deep sleep hero and it's put they've put on it made for zoe which is <laughs> on the little label um i've got um i've got three pots of it i'm just spraying it to death because obviously i need i need as much sleep as i can get but there's something about the aromas they just just send you off really really lovely calming products do you know what i actually spray axel's pillow every night before he goes to bed um i mean i don't know if it's psychological for him but i feel like he can't relax so almost going through that process at night it puts him in the frame of mind of going to sleep and relaxing love it Um, give it a whirl yeah (laughs) my next product is the yoto box um if you've got children who are asking for story after story each night then anything that reads them a story that you don't have to read is great so it basically means you can read them a story like a physical story and then you can say okay right mum you know mummy's going now and you can put these stories on um and they you know nine times out of ten they will fall asleep to them yeah and you're not going to have any of those i want to love a story arguments um what's cute about the auto box as well is that they can put the cards in so we've got the buffalo story we've got the hungry caterpillar they can put the cards into the box and then the, the the box reads them the story i mean it's brilliant they love it yeah, it is really, really good. Yeah, we love that product. Um, I am going to talk about CBD oil, actually, because um, I've I've been converted this year, <laughs> 2020. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's really relaxed me. Like you were saying about Axel can't relax. I found it quite stressful at various points, as we all have during the year. Um, yeah. And um, I've been taking 
CBD oil before bed and a capsule during the day as well. I found, I mean, there's lots of um, interesting articles around CBD oil. Some people, um, you know, not fans, others absolutely swear by it. So completely up to you whether you buy into it or not. But for me, it's helped with my muscles after training. It's helped yeah. me and my anxiety. I used to get quite bad heart palpitations before bed. It's definitely helped me go into a much deeper sleep. Um, and yeah, I just generally feel a lot better taking it. Amazing. I yeah. really want to give that a go, actually. Yeah, Apothem is the brand that I've been using. And yeah, they're, they're great. Check them out. So this is a bit of a random one, but um, you know, some of you might have heard about giving children weighted blankets and adults as well, I think. Um, it helps if they're feeling a bit anxious before bed and also just to feel like a bit more cozy and secure. So I didn't get Axel a weighted blanket. I just got him a heavier duvet. Mm -hmm. So we just got it from John Lewis. And I think it's the ratio of feather to down in a duvet. So you want more feather that makes it heavier. Right. Um, and because I was just finding him in the morning, like the, you know, it was all crunched up and he was freezing and he was just getting in a big tangle in the night. Mm. Whereas now, he basically can't move. Oh, it's brilliant. And we hear so many good things about weighted blanket. So many people messaged us, um, yeah. direct messaged us on Made by Mamas saying, you need to get a weighted blanket, you need to get a weighted blanket. So I guess this is just another alternative to that. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. So absolutely give it a go. Um, and then the final product, product number five, is some fairy lights that I bought from Amazon. Um, obviously, children sleep differently. Some, uh, uh, like the Carmen Bright Girl said, some of them need complete darkness. Luna is not that person. Uh, we were finding that any nightlight that we were using, you know, they were like either flashing or the the colour of the light was keeping Luna up. Like, obviously, you're not yeah. supposed to use blue light. You're only supposed to use red light. And then they were breaking. And I was just like, oh, I've had enough. So I bought some fairy lights from Amazon. They've got a very dim light on them, uh, dim wattage. And um, I've just hung them in her room. And she absolutely loves them. It's also really cute. Like, it creates quite a nice kind of environment for her. Um, I just yeah. prop her worry dolls underneath her pillow. We turn the lights on and, you know, touch wood. We're getting some really good results. So... That's great. So do yeah. you keep the lights on all, all night? night? Or do you go oh, oh no. amazing. So if she if she wakes up in the night, she's not scared. She's not she knows scared. Where she is. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't if it? If I turn them off, she'll wake up and go, I'm in the dark. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God. My, plan, my evil plan has gone to shit. Um, okay. All right, well, that is it from us for this uh, Tuesday's episode. We're going to be back on Friday. Um, as always, we would love you to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. And please, please, please um, tell one of your parent mates about us so that you can spread the word for us, please. Yeah, please. And we absolutely love to see how and when you're listening to the podcast. So please do share that on your Instagram and tag us and we'll share those stories as well. Um, and if you want to drop us a message, it's at Made by Mummers or on Zoe's own channel at Zoe Hardman. And we will see you on Friday. We'll see you then. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.